Our scripture this morning comes out of Matthew chapter 5, uh, verses 33 through 37. Rachel Shepherd is, uh, will be reading our scripture for us uh, this morning. Again, Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 through 37. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you bow with me? Well, God, we thank you for this, your word. And make this your word be for us the word of life, that we might be people of life. Now, God, hide me behind your cross, that your message of love and grace might shine through for the redemption of the world through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. I grew up with a, with a kid who lied. I mean, he lied about, about ev- everything. It didn't matter what it was. How many points he had in a basketball game, how many turkeys he saw that morning while he was, while he was hunting, how big that fish was that he caught. He lied all the time, even about things that didn't matter at all. He would even lie about things that didn't even necessarily make him look better. Your word is your bond. That was what I was taught when I was growing up. But that's not what our culture tells us. Talk is cheap. We, we live in a culture in which the truth is often the very first casualty uh, between interactions between people. Online inter- interaction? Well, post a story making your life seem like something out of a storybook. Uh, social media, uh, a selfie on social media, get just the right angle. I've I found the, the angle right up here, kind of from a side. It, 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 it hides those, those extra chins that, that we have. It hides that roll above our waistline as well. A business deal? Hire an elaborate team of lawyers to pour over the contracts and notaries and binding signatures to ensure that everything, everyone will do what they will say that they do. But no amount of lawyers make people more truthful. That's what I found. No amount of lawyers can make people more truthful. In fact, most people in our culture don't even believe that truth is an objective reality. They don't believe in an absolute truth or a moral truth. Everything is relative, even, even truth. The phrase, my truth, has made its way into our everyday conversations. I'm just speaking my truth now, people say, as if everyone's truth is different, as if everyone has a different truth. Today we're continuing our 
sermon series on the greatest sermon ever. Now, again, I don't, I don't want you to be confused at all. I am in no way saying that any of the sermons that I'm preaching is the best sermon ever. What we're examining, however, is the best sermon ever, and that is the Sermon on the Mount by, by Jesus. Uh, in this Sermon on the Mount, we, we began by looking at the Beatitudes, those, those statements of Jesus, those, those blessings of Jesus that turned everything upside down. Oh, the blessedness of being in mourning. Oh, oh the blessedness of hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Oh, the blessedness, the blessedness of being persecuted. They don't make sense. But what we found were that these are statements that God is saying, where I reign and where I rule, where I am present, he is saying, this is what happens. Where God is present, the, 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 the poor in spirit are, are blessed. Where God is present, those who are mourning are, are, are blessed. Where God is present, the world is turned upside down. And then last week, we, we examined forgiveness and the, and the power of forgiveness. Forgiveness is not an option for Christians. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, just as you received forgiveness, we must, absolutely must, extend that same kind of forgiveness to others. And so today we are turning our attention, turning our attention to our lying lips this section of the Sermon on the Mount, the, again, the, the best sermon ever, seems a little bit anticlimactic. And Jesus has just fi finished teaching on murder and adultery and eye-plucking and hand-lopping. This doesn't seem to be a particularly good place to, to follow such dramatic actions with a discussion of oaths and vows. It doesn't make sense. But I suggest this issue that Jesus is addressing here goes to the very core of a person's character, to the heart of, of what it means to live as a child of God. As, as Jesus taught, what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart and defiles a person. So the words that we use and what comes out of our mouth really begins to show what's in our heart. In this section of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is talking about the importance of honesty and integrity in all that we say and all that we do. This teaching of Jesus has often been, been misunderstood and, and I think even misapplied in my estimation. Some have interpreted this scripture to be a prohibition against taking oaths, all oaths. That's why some Christian sects won't, they won't uh, take an oath in a court proceeding or recite the Pledge of Allegiance. They feel that these words of Jesus prohibit such modern oaths, but I think upon further study that Jesus is, is talking about something quite dramatically different. This passage, this passage here, verses uh, 33 through uh, 37, uh, they follow the, the same pattern. This section follows the exact same pattern as the previous three or four sections. In each case, Jesus states an old covenant law, points out how the scribes and Pharisees have restricted or misinterpreted that law, and then goes on and tells the real meaning of that law. He gets to the very heart of the law. 
In this case, Jesus presents a summary of several Old Testament commands related to the taking of oaths. For example, if we, if we, as we read in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 12, it says, Do not swear falsely by my name, and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. And so, one of the ways we can break the, the third commandment, you shall not miss the, misuse the name of the Lord your God, is when we swear falsely by God's name. And so Jesus is taking a, a number of these old covenant laws and he's condensing, condensing them and, and speaking upon them. Or, or we read in Numbers chapter 30, verse 2, when a man makes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath to, ob, to obligate himself by a pledge, pledge, he must not break his word, but must do everything he said. And so the Old Testament says that we must we must not make any oaths in God's name that, that are either not true or that we do not intend to keep. We must not make any oaths in the name of God if, we are, if, if they're not true or we don't intend to keep that oath. Now, there was nothing wrong about this teaching itself. In fact, as followers of Christ, we would, we would affirm these old covenant teachings. Remember, Jesus upheld the authority of the, of the entire Old Testament when he said, I have come not to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. The problem was that just as it was with murder and adultery, the Pharisees were reinterpreting the law to find a way out. It wasn't that, that the Old Testament commands were, there, there were problems with them, but the Pharisees were searching for for legal loopholes, and they, they were trying to manipulate these, um, well, in this instance, they were trying to manipulate this rule on oaths and, in order to deceive others. Stick with me now. I, I, I think this is fascinating. Just, just stick with me here for a few minutes because I, I think this is an important lesson that we often will especially overlook when it comes to this passage of Scripture. And now in the Old Testament, when you swore by someone, so oftentimes someone would swear by another person, you were invoking that person first as a corroborating witness to attest your words. And so if you swore by someone, you were saying that um, they, would, they would corroborate what you have just said is truth. But second, second, you were um, you, you were invoking that person as a judge against you if your words turn out to be false. And so if you use someone's name in an oath, again, you are, um, you are saying that they're a corroborating witness to attest to your words, and second, that, that you are invoking a judge against you and for that person to be your judge if your words were found to be untrue. Indeed, as we have seen, the law said that God's people were to swear by Him alone, not by any other God, not by any other created thing. So when they swore an oath to God or used God's name, they were saying that they were, it was so true that God was their corroborating witness that would attest what they said was true, and, and they were saying, if it's not true, God is going to be my judge. But the religious leaders in Jesus' day had trouble with 
telling the truth constantly, just like you and I do. So in order to guard themselves against being found guilty of swearing falsely by the name of God, it seemed that they had firmly established the habit of swearing by everything except God. They wanted to add some sort of force to their promise to make their words more credible, but they didn't want to incur the judgment of God by swearing something in His name when they didn't fully intend to make good on it or when it was not entirely true. So they created what was, in effect, a lesser class of oaths, oaths that were bound to various parts of God's creation rather than to God Himself. As Jesus' words in Matthew chapter, again, our passage that we read in chapter 5 pointed out, instead of swearing by God, they swore by heaven or by earth or by Jerusalem or even by their own heads. Apparently, it got pretty silly, the levels that these Pharisees and religious leaders went to. Oaths became more like contests who could, to see who could bind the most impressive object to a statement to give it the, the greatest force. Listen here to these words in, in Matthew chapter 23, when Jesus begins to show how absurd they had all become. Hear these words from Matthew chapter 20, 23. Woe to you, blind guides. You say, if anyone swears by the temple, it means nothing. But anyone who swears by the gold of the temple is bound by that oath. You blind fools, which is greater, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? You also say, if anyone swears by the altar, it means nothing. But if anyone who swears by the gift on the altar is bound by that oath. You blind men. Which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? Therefore, anyone who swears by the altar swears by it and everything on it. And anyone who swears by the temple swears by it and by the one who dwells in it. And anyone who swears by heaven swears by God's throne and by the one who sits on it. And so, and so for the religious leaders, it had become a, a, a significant game to them. How can I trick you into thinking that I'm telling the truth when I'm, when I'm really not? It's almost as if the Pharisees were using the modern phrase, I'm just speaking my truth. <laughs> Jesus sums up the command to his followers by telling them not to swear an oath at all, but simply, but simply to let your yes be yes and your no be be no. Now, now hear me now. Remember who Jesus is primarily speaking to. In the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, it says his disciples gathered around him, and he began to speak to him and, uh, and speak to them, and then all uh, uh, other crowds began to, to listen in as well. It appears as though Jesus is primarily speaking to his most faithful followers. And, and he is explaining what the kingdom of God is like. Now, now again, um, recognizing that, that some of these things are a reality, but also some of them are also maybe things that we can look for, for the, to the, in the future. And so as, as Jesus, I think, is challenging his followers, you, you, and, you and me, I, I, think, I think he's telling us that 
in, indeed, we're not, you're not perfect yet, but if, if you want to be perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect, as, as we've looked at already in chapter 3, then you'll do these things. If you want to be perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect, then, then you'll do these things. Your yes will be yes, and your, and your no, will be, no will be no. Now, again, this is all very basic things that we all learned in kindergarten, but in our culture, but in our culture, when each of us is simply speaking our truth, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced this is quite so basic anymore. Likewise, I, I, I found those, who are, those people who are people pleasers often struggle with truthfulness. Sometimes it's a, it's a personality trait. Sometimes there are things that are buried way deep down inside of us that, that kind of keeps us from being completely truthful. I, I, I want to give you a I'll, I'll just be honest. I, I, want, I want to give you some, some preachy kinds of directions for you. I want to give you some preachy kinds of directions for you. The, the first one. The first one is simply to be truthful in your speech. Be truthful in your speech. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22 says, The Lord detests lying lips, but He delights in men and women, I might add, who are truthful. There's something incredibly sacred about being truthful. That means no lying, no exaggerating, no distorting, no shading the truth, no matter, no matter what your reasoning is. No matter it's because maybe you want people to like you better, maybe it's because you want to please others, maybe you're wired to be a people pleaser, maybe, maybe whatever, 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 whatever the reason. Speaking the truth is absolutely necessary for trust. And speaking the truth begin, brings great freedom to our lives. Thomas Fuller wrote, If I speak what is false, I must answer for it. If truth, it will answer for me. Commit yourself to speaking the truth at all times, and, and I have found it will absolutely revolutionize your life. The, the second suggestion that I would have for you is be careful what you promise. Be careful what you promise. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 says, Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. It is better not to vow than to make a vow and not fulfill it. God is always witness to what you say, so you need to be careful about what you promise. Now, um, I have friends. I, I have friends that uh, they just they have a really hard time with saying no. So am I going to see you tomorrow? Well, yeah, maybe. I've got friends, when they say maybe, I know they mean absolutely not. And I continue to push them. I continue to push them to have the freedom to say no. It's okay to say no. Some of you may remember a, a sermon that I preached. I don't know. I think it was about a year and a half or so ago that I encourage you to, to begin to have the courage to say no to some things so that you can say yes to things that are even better. There's some things that we need to say no to, and we, we need to be emphatic when we say no. If there are things that we can't promise to, don't promise them. 
Don't lead people on instead. Instead, as Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your, and your no be no. And then finally, finally again, this is, this is incredibly simple, but in our culture, I, I, think, it's, I, I, think, it's, um, I think it's more rare. I think it's more rare than that. We can maybe go to, our, to my next slide. Uh, be faithful. Be faithful in following through. Be faithful in following through. Psalm 15 says, He who walks, he, he's, he whose walk is blameless, who speaks the truth from his heart, who keeps his oath even when it hurts, he who does these things will never be shaken. Be faithful in, in following through. When you, when you say that you're going to do something, do it. Be a person of your word. Speak the truth from, from your heart. And, and once you've given your word, be faithful in following through, even when, it, even when it hurts. Did you say yes? Then, then make sure you, you follow through with yes. Did you say no? Then make sure you follow through with, with no. That's what it means to, to let your yes be yes and your, and your no be no. Be people of truth. Be people of honor. Be people of integrity. Now, now again, this is, this is not necessarily a, 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 a message that's kind of a do-better sermon. That, that's not what this is. What this is, it's a picture of the kingdom of God. You see, when God reigns in our hearts, when God rules in our communities, when, when, when God is king of our church, this is simply how we act. This is simply how we act people of our word. Our yes is yes, and our, and our no is no. We don't need to add any more force than that. People trust us because we're people of our word. Wouldn't it be amazing? Wouldn't it be amazing that, that if word began to spread around this community that, you know, those people at First Church, they're people of their word. When they say yes, they mean yes. When they say no, they mean no. I wonder what it might be like for us to continue to create a community in which, in which we are people of our word. We're not speaking our truth. We're speaking the truth. We're letting our yes mean yes and our no mean no. Would you bow with me? God, we thank you for the amazing grace and love that we have found in Jesus Christ. Today, we, we've heard of what it means to, to live under your reign to live under your reign and, 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 how, and how as we live under your reign, we're called, to be, we're called to be truth speakers. Not just not just our truth, but the truth. The eternal truth of your word. The moral truth of, of, of your teachings. Lord, help our yes be yes and our no be no. God, I pray for especially those that, that sometimes struggle, sometimes struggle with truth-telling, trying to make themselves more than, than what they really are, trying to, be more, trying to be someone that they're really not. God, come and convict us during this weekend in which 
Many of us are going to be seeing some family members that we haven't seen in a while. Help us to speak the truth. Certainly speaking the truth in love, but letting our yes be yes and our no be no. We pray these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.